Um, this is Jonathan Wiseman. This is another episode of The Grit. This shows for entrepreneurs. If you're looking to get in business, if you're already in business, I hope this brings value. If you do get value from this, if you know Charlie and the Nile Center, uh, leave a comment, post, share, show some love. We'd greatly appreciate it. Uh, but without further ado, I want to introduce Charlie DeVega. DeVega? Yep, DeVega. Charlie DeVega with the Nile Center. Charlie, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. I appreciate you coming on. I want to dive right into first what the Nile Center is, mm. and then we're going to go back 5, 10, 15 years, start at the beginning, and work our way forward. But to start with, what is the Nile Center, and what is it here in Houston? So at this point right now, and uh, you know, in, with any business, it's always kind of an evolving thing. So at this moment in, in time, Nile Center is a private school. There's two sides of it, private school and after-school tutoring program. But both of them are very unique. They're customized. Our mantra, the thing that we say all the time, is that education is not one size fits all. Sure. So a student comes in, whether they're in, in high school, um, first grade, or the after-school tutoring, every program is different. Every program is unique. We don't put them in a classroom and make them learn at the speed of the average student in that school. They're learning at the speed that they can go. That's amazing. So they're not following a specific curriculum as far as timelines and time frames. That's right. If they if they want to come in here and they, you know, really they can knock out algebra in, in a month as long as they have some uh, they can show some sort of mastery out of it. Go, let's go. There you Do go. It. Put in so what classes or what grades do y'all cater to there? So in the private school, we do grades first through twelfth grade. Okay. In the after school tutoring program, it's pretty much pretty much mirrors that as well. Yeah. Okay. I mean, but we we'll, we haven't had uh, too many college students, but from time to time we'll have a college student there. Somebody come in. Yeah. So basically, everything, all aspects of school, from starting to end, until you go to college. Sure. Real sure. cool. Absolutely. How long have you been in in existence? This is our eleventh year. Wow. Yeah. Real cool. And all just here in Houston? It's always been in Sugarland, in the Sugarland area. We've kind of bounced around from spot to spot as we grew from one student mm -hmm. to this year we have right about 60 students. So it's kind of grown from spot to spot. It's been a little bit of time, two years. They kicked me out of my home office. <laughs> so we had some students a couple of years there. But the benefit was that, you know, part of the uh, uh, lifestyle and mindfulness training, you know, that we did is cleaning the house and cooking for themselves and everything. So I got... A little benefit from that. Like that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, but then fortunately they grew out of the house. Really cool. Well, we'll get into a little bit of detail about the school and the services that it offers and different programs and stuff. I want to go back and learn how you got into the business, the trials and tribulations of getting where you're at. You started 11 years ago with one student. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's got to be a grind to make it past year one. Obviously, is the hardest year in business. But now we're year 11. You've got 60 students. It's an operating business, making profits. Where did this idea start from? What were you doing before the Nile Center 15 years ago? Well, I tell you, you know, before the Nile Center, we, my wife has always been in education. Um, while she was in college, when she left college, uh, graduated from college, and I've always I've done different things. Uh, I did some in engineering, IT sales, mostly business development, and I've been on my own for a number of years now as well. We always never really wanted to work for a company. You know, we always wanted sure. to have our own business. <laughs> there was always that burn. And, you know, I'm sure this is this speaks you know, loudly to to everybody, uh, every entrepreneur out Absolutely. there. They're like, OK, what's out there? What's out there? What works for me? And education was the right thing for us. Um, my wife, well, I was I was the red winner at home. So, you know, I, I stayed with my job and we launched a franchise, the first franchise here called Learning RX, which is after school tutoring program. Very unique, very, 
very um, um, a, a great program and still around here in Sugarland. But during the day, it was just dead space. It was 3,000 square feet of just no space. So it was like after-school tutoring? After-school tutoring, and, you know, it's 3,000 square feet of just, just killed me space. every time I walked sure. in, right? So we decided um, there, was, there was an opportunity for a private school in this space during the day. And uh, my wife saw that there was, um, with all the conversations she had with parents, that there was a need for kids that would, uh, that would basically come in and, and public school uh, basically addresses the needs of most of the kids, a huge population. Uh, but there are kids that kind of fall outside of that spectrum, whether they're ex- uh, extremely accelerated, they're super smart, they just you know, don't want to be held back by the average speed, as sure. like I said earlier. And uh, there's students that would that have uh, ADD, ADHD, maybe high functioning autism, dyslexia, and they need a little more handholding. They need a little more push. Yeah. And so those kids, um, they don't do so well. They don't do so well in the public school system. And so basically, we wanted to create a private school that would really address cater those needs, cater to those needs. No, I love it. it it's the school system, in my opinion, is so antiquated. I mean, it's just. Every aspect of it's outdated, you know, nowadays with, you know, and I say nowadays, this is, goes back, I guess, 10 years with my kids in, in high school. They're sending me video of the kids in their classes, and they're just, everybody's cutting up, listening to music, headphones on. Yeah. Nobody's doing any work. That's right. And it's like, how do kids get an education these days with the system as outdated as it is with teachers making you know minimum wage that don't care yeah it's just crazy to me what goes on in these schools and i know they have their curriculum that they follow i know they do a lot of uh gauging how good or bad they are based on certain test scores and there's plenty that i don't know and i'm sure you know tenfold what i do if not more but you're developing a or you did develop the Nile Center, which caters to anybody outside that niche, narrow line that's following the regular curriculum, whether it's needing extra help or they are so fast-paced that regular school just isn't doing it for them. Right. So you're on both spectrums. That's right. That's right. So we, we, we saw that there was an opportunity for that, and more than that, actually, uh, and that's why we, instead of calling it Nile Prep Academy, um, which is our private school, it's the name of our private school, it's Nile Prep Academy, we called it Nile Center because the envision and we knew it was expensive and, you know, it was something that had to be down the line once we got to, you know, a point where we could afford to do it, was to have a center uh, where we would have therapists. Uh, we would have, uh, you know, just standard therapy, you know, a therapist just kind of talking, talking to you about your feelings and what's going on, what, you know, what we can do to improve your situation to unique therapy with, you know, uh, equine therapy, uh, you know, working in the farms, you know, just planting. I mean, the you know, the emotional stress that is let go once you're out there in the field is amazing. And there's all kinds of uh, uh, studies that show that there's, uh, you know, great results out of that. And that's and so that that's where we are now, actually, is we're, we're starting to take a look at that and, and starting to uh, look at how we're going to start to uh, bring in this uh, resource center that's going to have these therapists in place. So that we can I think it's these. amazing. I mean, it's so much more than just reading a book and regurgitating what you just read or what you just learned. Right. That's right. And retaining it, of course. So let's go back to where you decided, what was the job you had before you decided to jump on? You said you were self-employed or you were working. The wife was into the education side. Y'all started the after-school program for tutoring. Right. 
you were working where during that time? At that time, I was doing IT sales. I was doing okay. uh, networking solutions. For, for, for network solutions for a company. Right. So at what point did you decide that it was time for you to go from, you know, it, it's when you work for any company. And sales is a little bit rougher than most. Uh, is not as much job security there, but at least you were in routine. You were make, bringing in income, making a paycheck. Yep. As you said, the breadwinner. Right. You know, how did that evolve from getting that guaranteed income every month to, all right, I'm going to go ahead and quit my guaranteed income and jump into this educational. Well, business. I'll tell you, I'll tell you that, you know, and, and you probably heard this a million times and you're probably hear it a million more times with these podcasts, you know, is that uh, the timing is never right. Sure. Right. So we knew, we knew that we wanted to do something and, and uh, we just knew that we needed to be ready for it whenever it came and, or as ready as possible. But, one day we were at home and we read an article, a small little article. I mean, it was uh, maybe not even a quarter page, an eighth page, something like that, tiny little blurb about this after-school tutoring program. And it was so unique and it was so different. And uh, we went to the website. We went to the website and researched it and talked to, talked to each other about it. And, and uh, there was none in Texas yet. And, you know, so we, we just said that this is it. I mean, it's not... It's, you know, not, I don't know how to put it. It just hooked us. Yeah. It absolutely hooked us. We knew that this is the thing that we had to do. And so the very next day we had uh, phone calls and emails into the uh, franchise headquarters in Colorado. And within a couple of weeks, you know, after a couple of uh, uh, phone calls, uh, we're up over there just to have our initial meetings with them and we're moving forward with it. Wow. I mean, the timing at that moment, you know, couldn't have been worse because, you know, we had two young kids. And how old were just, they? At that time, let's see, my daughter was three, four, and then my son was seven. So, you know, there were just, uh, and, you know, we had, uh, my wife was the administrator, the principal at a private elementary school in West University, a very, very good one. And, and so, so she was the admin. That's what she did. She was yeah, working she at was the, the school. Yeah, she was the principal there. And you were in sales I was in and sales. IT and networking. But see, the, the downside is they had free, they, had, uh, they could attend the school for free. And it was an amazing school. It was actually the thing that kind of formed all our, our ideas on doing things different and doing things being unique on how we approach education. Because kind of what, like what you said, you know, if you're doing the same old, same old, then really what's your value add? Yeah. You know, what are you going to provide for the kids? They can get it here. They can get it here. And you're, you're just like another little widget. You're, so. Yeah. So what was the name of the school, the franchise? Was it Nile or was it No, the else? franchise was called Learning Rx. Okay. So that was the Learning Rx after school program? Learning Rx after school program. Okay. So we, we brought it to Houston. We started it and uh, we were doing really well, really well with it. That was in 2005. And uh, we opened over here at Highway 6 and 59 right behind the, uh, the Target. Yep. And did really well. And, uh, the, you know, it was just one of those, uh, it's, you know, where Kumon, Huntington, all these other competitors, yep. you know, they, they do hourly rates. Uh, this one did, uh, you know, you would have to buy into a program. So it was three months, six months, nine months gotcha. program. And since it was expensive, it required, um, you know, a credit, you know, you're buying it through a credit card, you're doing, you're paying cash. Getting Not a lot of folks have that much cash. And so when 2008 financial crisis hit, all of our financial options just went out the window. Yeah. So Sucked the wind out of everybody. So yeah, it did. It did. So we lucked out, uh, you know, the absolute last thing that you ever want to do is, is close up shop, you know, in your backyard Sure. and, you know, and have to kind of face your, your parents that, you know, that, you know, basically they'll never make, get their money back. And so 
we lucked out. We absolutely lucked out that we found a great owner who was able to buy the business from us, and uh, we were able to get out. Even Sweet. We, we had some we we had some debt we had to take care of, uh, but you know she was able to uh, uh, fulfill the contracts that were in place and and that's amazing. The brand. So, so it was with, good. with the financial crisis that happened, yeah. you were still able to exit out of the business on top or ahead. Uh, painfully exit. <laughs> painfully <laughs> painfully exit so what was the transition at that time so you know y'all are both you're in sales the wife is in admin and education y'all decide to uh, get into the learning rx franchise run that for a couple years how many years did y'all run that before you exited uh, uh four years so we're in that four years yeah. financial crisis 08 hits All right and you exit out of the business so what happens then as well, you move forward. So what we had, um, I continued at that point. I was still in sales. I hadn't left uh, IT sales. I was, okay. like I said, just kind of. So you hadn't we left. You were still it. in business this whole time. Yeah, because the first two years, I mean, we were, I think we were paying ourselves, I can't remember, like $500 a month. And I think that's important yeah. for all entrepreneurs to know. Oh, it's, yeah. You're, you know, not, you're, you're not going to be You're not making any money first. You know, most people think that they just have to come up with a startup expense to get the doors open. Sure. They don't realize that they need to co cover the overhead for the next six months, 12 months, three years, however long. That's right. Until you start showing a you profit. You got to build up the business. So you were smart enough to keep the sales job. That's right. And not give it up. But your wife got to at least go full time. That's right. Yeah. So. Yeah. And and actually, the blessing was that that she had seen this this opportunity, like I had mentioned, with uh, in education, to open up a specialized private school. So we had opened up Nile Center, inside Learning RX. Okay. During the day, and it had, it had been operating for about three years. Uh, I'm sorry, two years, uh, right when we closed. <clears throat> so. So it, you started Nile Center. You said four years for RX. Yeah. So two years into it, you actually opened up Nile Center. Right as a different business model during the day That's since right. rx was a after-school program that's right we had to get all the permissions from corporate to make sure that it wasn't you know it wasn't uh, a conflict of interest sure. or anything like that so we explained the model what we're trying to do we're just starting off with one kid so it's not like we're you know really impacting yeah so uh we, so that's what we did we, okay you know, so we started, started two years into it yeah and the next year we had a couple kids sold uh learning rx and we actually had a you know put a fine line in there that that uh, now center was not included it was not an asset sure the company so we walked away with now center and that's when we took it home opened it up in the uh, my office lost my office lost my dining room that became the school and, and it just started kind of growing from there so it's a project that started out of the home yeah. like like many home offices do absolutely gotcha absolutely. yeah so how long were you in the house before you got a new location? Uh, I would say probably about two years before we outgrew the house. How many kids did you have in that house while you were still uh, doing eight. it? Eight. Eight. Got kids. up to eight. Wow. Yeah, up to eight kids. That's Thank God for a large dining room table. <laughs> <laughs> so eight kids. Yeah. And that was what, two years later? Yeah. You decided to go ahead and get a location for it. No, actually it was, it was <laughs> this, is, this is how things work out. It was a friend of mine who was opening up a, a gym focus on kids. Wow. So he was opening up a gym. He had the space, the same story, you know, where during the day his space was empty. And, uh, so, you know, I worked with him. I asked him, I'm like, well, I'll tell you what, you got that great amount. Of, you have a huge amount of space in the back and you're a trainer. So, you know, how about we go back over there and, and utilize that space, put the kids back over there, give us room to grow and uh, we'll pay you for PE. Sure. You can come in. So it worked out well. 
and we grew, we got in there and grew you know a few more kids and uh he stayed on as a pe coach even after we left his his place and uh just did really well how long were you in that location got that place probably only two years so you got there with eight kids how many did you leave with uh not too much more probably 14 15 kids i think by the time we grew out of that and then moved over we found this little tiny shack of a place that my wife as soon as she walked in you know it's it's one of those things where if you don't have vision then man you never would have seen it yeah i mean this place was really horrible when we first walked in was that in sugarland it was in richmond it was actually richmond. In richmond but she saw the potential in it she saw the potential we drove up they always do don't yeah, they? we drove up <laughs> i looked down like oh man I, you know i'm thinking how much paint you know yeah how much carpentry how, yeah how much and i am not the there. guy with you know that's handy not that guy sure not that guy so but yeah i mean it turned out to be a great place we stayed there for a number of years and uh kind of let's see we grew there up to I don't know, maybe 20 plus kids, 25 kids. Maybe. Do you remember the financials of that location? How much you paid to get in there, your rent, anything like that? Yeah, the rent there was, I don't think it was any more than 1500 bucks. Okay. 1500 bucks. And then what were you charging the students per month or per year? That's, to, that's always been a hard conversation because it's just kind of, it's uh, different. It's, it's for, bearable. One, one of the things that we do differently, we realized that, uh, that this is not, you know, the, the need that we're fulfilling. It's not just a Lamar Consolidated or Fort Bend ISD need. You know, we had, at that time, we had students coming from Sci Fair. We had, you know, one, one student coming from further north than there. And uh, so what we did is we developed, uh, you know, part-time programs as well. So it's not a full-time program. You know, they can come Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, or Tuesday, Thursday. And since they're coming less frequently, then the tuition is a little less as well. And I'm also assuming there was after-school programs during that time as well. Well, we had to wait a number of years because uh, of a non-conflict of yeah. interest. Gotcha. Yeah, non-compete with Learning RX. But uh, in the meantime, while we were in that non-compete, we were developing our after-school program, programs. which is called EduCoach Now. EduCoach. Yeah, EduCoach cool. Now. How long was your non-compete? I think it's good to mention Three that. years. Three years. Three years. So, and for those that don't know, a non-compete is when you exit out of a business or you break up from a relationship or partnership there's a non-compete that you can put in place that basically says you can't go conduct that same business model as the previous partners, employers, or what have you, so that you don't, and there's also a non-solicitation where you don't try to steal their customers, et cetera. Non-competes are very important for both parties or all parties involved when you decide to split from a relationship, whether you exit out of a business, et cetera. Uh, so always make sure you have a non-compete. It protects you and it protects the other party. Absolutely. So we're in Richmond now. We've got up to 25 students. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have, or we're now launching the after school program. Have we got past our three year non compete? Yeah. Yep. At that point, we were past that. We had launched it. It was just kind of taken off. It was doing pretty good. And At 25 students, how many staff members does it take to facilitate that from you know front to back admin uh, teachers all that honestly my my wife was doing most i was still at that point at that point i was still uh employed okay um my wife was doing the the admin work the principal work and then she had uh three teachers i believe at that time so we had a staff of three okay and everything was was going well the you know the problem was that it was starting to the word of mouth was going out there it was getting out the word of mouth what it is that we do, um, the amazing results that the, the parents were seeing in their kids, and the stress, the lack of stress that they would have at home. Sure. So they had this, you know, dinner for the first time 
where nobody was fighting, nobody was crying, getting ready for school or, you know, the standardized test and the next day and everything. All that was going away. So this word of mouth uh, started to grow our business uh, probably more than anything else. Um, and we start, we realized very quickly that that little shack that we're in, either we're going to blow out the back walls. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like I said, I am not a carpenter. So yeah. blowing out the back walls, I'd have to hire somebody to come. What do they call those temporaries? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh yeah. It's time exactly. to get some temporaries already. A little temporary in the back. And we looked around everywhere. We looked around all over Richmond, Rosenberg, Sugarland, trying to find a spot to move into. And, uh, just out of the blue, uh, this this lady named uh, Cindy Gifford, who owns Kids Resort down there in Richmond, she just gave us a call and said, hey, I don't know if you guys are ever looking to move out of that shack that you're in, but if you are, come and talk to me. And we we're actually at that point just like beating our heads up against the wall because could not find a good place. Wow. And Kids Resort had a gym, had a cafeteria. Oh, they had, it had all. three classrooms, large classrooms. And so the only thing I had to do was bring in some sort of, uh, you know, Wi-Fi, some sort of technology to, to uh, you know, help the kids out. And that was it, you know. And so did you take over the location? Was it a lease or was it? It's, no, it's, it, it worked out perfectly because it's, again, it, entrepreneurs are good at realizing, you know, where, where there's a, a loss, whether it's, uh, you know, in dead space, you know, sure. where we started learning our ex. And Cindy realized that that's exactly what was happening at Kids Resort. Kids Resort, it was an after-school program. Okay, so y'all were able to fulfill it and take over the real estate during the day. During the day, and yeah. she still ran her program in the afternoons. That's right, and it's not it's not even an after-school program that competes with us. It's an after-school program that, uh, if anything, they complement each other. Yeah, it takes care of the kids that uh, you know uh, coming out of uh, elementary school. That's so amazing. it absolutely complements each other. We complement. That's each other. beautiful. Yeah. So we were able to go in there and, and negotiate a great rate. And, you know, within two years, we talked to her about building three more classrooms in an office. Wow. So we, you know, blew out a wall and built three classrooms in an office and been there, I don't know, I, I want to say maybe five years now, four or five years. So that's, and that's where y'all are at now. That's where we're at now. So y'all went there five years. And where is it located? It is, uh, so if you're on 762, uh-huh. you're leaving Greatwood. You're heading down 762, going to Brazos Town Center. Yep. It's over here on the right. It's right before you get to Williams Elementary. I got you. So, so Rich Richmond, that Richmond area? It's like real close to the border of Richmond. Richmond and Sugarland. Sugar Land. Yeah, yeah, you're right there. It was yeah. kind of the, what is it, non-zone annex area right, right now. That's right. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, I know exactly. I grew up in Greatwood, so I know exactly where you're at. All right, excellent. I've driven that road many times. So now we're here. Um, how many students are you at now? We're right at 60, 60, 60 students. students in total. So what, what we've, what we've done is we have, we have that program, um, uh, KPA, which is uh, now prep Academy, the private school. But then we also have another one called KPAC. And what we found is that there was, and KPA, that's a now prep Academy collaborative. So what we found is that there's a, a group, usually they're small groups, but there's a group of student athletes, um, actors, singers, that usually train in one place, one facility, and their schedules are absolutely crazy at a very early age because yeah. you know they're at school like anyone else during the day. Then they come to the gym or the theater or you know wherever the whatever their their craft is, and you know they're there for three or four hours practicing, and then they still have to come home and eat dinner and do, do homework. homework and and there's no life. No, it is my daughter's in dance, and that's actually how I learned about Nile Center. Oh, okay. Is uh, oh, with Jenny. Yep. 
So Jenny's daughter's there, yeah. and that my her daughter and my daughter danced together. Okay. And so that's how we learned about it, and right. how this all connected together. Well, we, and, and I get it. It's it's students that are in sports or after school programs, whatever it is. It is crazy what these kids go through yeah. to keep that active to be successful in those fields. So you help cater to those. Well, we we just uh, work directly with the owner of the gym, and we open a school there in the gym. Um, it's a it's a different program. It's a little more uh, condensed, uh, you know. But the the school day is is done by around noon, twelve thirty, and then they go right into training. So that way, that you know, by three four o'clock, they're done. They can go home. They can hang out with their friends. They can have dinner with their family. They can go to a movie. They can do you know whatever they need, and they get a good education. We uh, layer the education with uh, some of our after-school educoach now services like uh, mindfulness or cognitive skill training or straight-up tutoring if they just need traditional tutoring and just need somebody to help them out we'll do that as well sometimes it's just organization sometimes kids you know they sit down like I don't even know where to start I mean we've all had that I mean it doesn't really matter what age you are right sure we yeah. all had that but sometimes the kids just need help to say this is how you kind of organize yourself and you know attack your stack of homework gotcha so the school is first grade to 12th first grade to 12th and you have two different programs right now one is your typical school which and and i won't call it typical because it's not but it caters to um, kids in those grades typical classrooms typical curriculum uh, but you're also going to combat both sides of that if they're ahead of the curve or behind the curve you're going to help get them to where they need to be in a non-stressful environment to help them accomplish their goals and get some gratification for graduating, getting what they need, the attention or what have you. How many students are there per teacher? 60 students. Well, the, the ratios change per, per um, age group. <clears throat> so in a classroom, we'll have, you know, grades uh, one through three. And then we'll another classroom. some kids in third grade are, are ready to move over to, you know, older kids into a classroom with older kids. Some are not. Sure. So we'll have one through three in one classroom, and that's a small ratio, closer about you know five to six to one. Um, that's that's really as, that's a, as great a cost ratio. as a cost basis. That's sure. the expense. Our big expense is that in order to really do what it is that we need to do, we have to keep the small ratios. Yeah. If you go to a larger ratio, then you're basically operating much like a, a public a school. school. Yeah. So you're five or six. That's in the small students school. to one educator. Well, that's in the uh, elementary and the primary school, and then uh, the and then uh, the intermediate school, the middle school, and the high school. Then we'll have uh, you know the, the ratios are a little bigger. Okay. So we'll get, but really, it's you know at the, at the very the most, most it's twelve. Twelve to one. 12 I mean, that's still. I've my daughters in in public school in rooms that are thirty kids in one room. I know. I know. Twelve to one is still a great ratio. Right. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. And that's what you pay for. It's worth it. And then, so that's the typical side and the other, the KPAC program that you were talking about, that's for students with extracurricular activities, whether that's dance, acting, school, sports, or what have you. Right. And they go to school and they get cut off at an early time so that they can get into sports. That's right. Well, so we have, uh, right now, KPAC is, is operating inside a dance facility right in front of Greatwood called Dance Decor, uh-huh. uh, which is a great, great dance program. And they had a nice little space that was available to us and a number of kids, the right number of kids, because, you know, you have to also kind of take a look at to see if this it has to make financial sense. sense. Yeah, absolutely. So you have to take a look at that. You have to be very careful with, you know, not just taking a leap and hoping, but, you know, have some sort of a plan of, uh, you know, where you need to be in order to make have it make sense. It has to at least 
make break financial even. sense, break even as you right. grow. Right. So uh, they had they had enough kids to for it to make sense and, and a great amount of space. And on day one, we opened up and we were pretty much maxed out at that space. So it's uh, that's amazing. Know, that's yeah, a good so problem. It's a great problem. So it's just, uh, <laughs> you know it's just kind of like a matter of uh, where we talked to the owner. We're going to blow out a wall. There you, you know, go. Expand it a little bit more. Or more, more portables. <laughs> more portables. More portables. You know, as long as we keep on having those problems, hey, that's, that's a, a great good problem. problem. To have. Absolutely. So, at sixty students running twelve to one ratios, you know, are you seeing this business model as a good choice? Eleven years into it, was it the right direction financially? I know it's not always about financials and profitability, but as entrepreneurs, business owners, we got to make money. We got to stay alive. We got to sure. feed our families. Right. Are you happy with where it's at today with where you're at financially for the business model? Well, i tell you what, it, it, I'm very glad you asked that because, the, you know, the key thing is uh, with an entrepreneur is don't ever be married to your business model 100%. Sure. Be flexible and always analyze where you're at. Uh, while this business model was absolutely fantastic and working really well for us at um, probably around 45 kids, 40 kids, uh, we realize that as it scales up beyond that, um, and that's the other part of it is tuition is we don't raise it every year, you know. So as long as we're raising tuition to keep up with the with amount the of students and keep up with the amount of teachers that we need to maintain that ratio, we're fine. But if we don't, then it's a, then it's a question of uh, raising the ratios, which we don't want to do because that kind of just cheapens what it is, you know, our idea. Yeah, absolutely. So, so in order to, to maintain the ratio and do what it is that we've been doing to the kids for, you know, with the kids for the past 11 years, uh, you know, we have to, um, it comes out one way or the other, right? It's either going to be higher tuition or it's going to be uh, fewer, fewer uh, uh, teachers. So that's one of the pain points that you got to work through. Right. And that's, that's the flexibility, understanding your business model and, and understanding that sometimes it's just not going to work always in a static environment. Sometimes you have to be, move one thing or another to make it work sure i mean that's part of what we have to do right so in the last year or so last six months what has been a scary moment for you what has been something that was a no shit moment a scary moment uh you know where you really had to sit down with the wife and figure out what direction to go or what trigger to pull oh i know i'm sure there's many of them you know (laughs) every day it seems like there's, there's a new one so I don't know. I mean, you know, sometimes. What was a scary moment, like an oh shit moment, but you got past it and everything worked out all right? Yeah, yeah. I, well, I mean, I tell you that that's the one thing that. I mean, whether it was permitting or the health department not wanting to give you something. Right. right. What was it? No, I mean, I, well, we since we work with kids, you know, that, that might have uh, depression and might have some anxiety issues, we have we always have some little moments. That, sure you know, kind of take us by surprise and, and, uh, thank God we do at this point for the past, I don't know, two years, maybe three years, we have a, a lady named Victoria on staff. Who's a wonderful counselor, wonderful therapist license. And that's what she does. And without her, I don't know when these crisis issues pop up. I mean, I know me, I couldn't handle it. Yeah. So without, without her, I don't know how we get past it. And she has been a savior in, in terms of that. So you got to have these, those on the team. Yeah. These moments pop up and she's there. That's the moment is the people. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. And having the right team. I've, I've got a couple of those around here. Yeah. He's, he's not paying attention. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all all know we got HTC over here behind the ones and twos making it happen. So what's next for now center? 
Well, I think next is we're taking a look at we're taking a look at uh, doing creating a nonprofit mm-hmm. so that we can uh, create this clinic that uh, where we can house you know more therapists like Victoria, um, and we can house some more therapy. We have uh, we've started conversations uh, with with parents, a little parent group. Um, we're doing just right now, just uh, kind of um, uh, a focus group more than anything else. Talking to them, these these are parents of kids with um, high functioning autism, even maybe mid level autism that are homeschooled and uh, they need some sort of uh, socialization. So we're working with them to to give them a place to do that, and we're getting really good feedback. And I think that's going to probably have to go through the um, nonprofit as well because we'll need some scholarships for a lot of parents. I mean, well, when you mentioned scholarships, I want to ask that. Um, and I know you said tuition kind of changes or yeah. is per kid ballpark. If I'm going to take my kid out of junior high and throw her in your program as a regular school program, roughly what am I going to spend for the year? It's going to be, you know, tuition is right around. We're not the highest. We're not the lowest in tuition in the, in the area. Middle school, it's going to be somewhere around the thousand one hundred eleven hundred dollar mark per month that's not bad at all right right in there i mean private schools are double that no there's some private schools if you go to episcopal you oh, go yeah. into town i mean you're, there's some a lot more than yeah, that. yeah they're more than my house per year <laughs> <laughs> you know nah, i get it yeah yeah absolutely so that's very reasonable yeah now for the parents that are you know it's i have entertained all these different things uh with my kids and my wife from homeschooling to partial homeschooling and they go in um my sister-in-law homeschools her kids uh private school, public school, we've looked at the gamut of all of it. Mm -hmm. It's crazy the options that are out there. Um, Some of them are, as you said, extremely expensive. Others aren't. Obviously, public school is free. When it comes to being able to afford tuition, some parents just don't have the options to put their kids where they need to be. If they have special requirements, public school isn't working, your hands are tied, your back's against the wall, what do you do? So in your situation with Nile Center, is there a program or an opportunity for people to get financing for that? Can they get, you know, go apply for credit to where it's funded? Are there any government programs that help them pay for that? What are the different financing options that are available to people to get their child into your center? That's a good question. And that, that's, you know, one of the, one of the things that we're taking, like, cause we've always been a for-profit business. And so for uh, for-profit business, there's no grants, there's, no financial programs out there. So, I mean, one of the things we have to take a hard look at is now that that conversation is starting to happen more and more and more, um, do we need to move it from a for-profit to a non-profit in, in order to uh, be able to you know, address that need, uh, offer scholarships to the parents? Because right now what we have is we, we do a, uh, <clears throat> we do a, every year we do a fundraiser called Havana Nights. And 80% of the, the funds, the proceeds from that, from that go to Parkinson's research. My wife has early onset Parkinson's um, for about three years now. Wow. And so we Started raised, that. last year we were able to raise $20,000 for Houston Area Parkinson's wow. Society. Uh, this year uh, in February, we're gonna do the second one and we're hoping that uh, obviously we beat that number. Sure. $30,000 or more. But the 20% of those proceeds go to scholarship funds that are managed through our parent group, uh, not through Nile. We have a, kind of a PTO. Okay. And uh, so they, what they, they manage is these funds, and they, they offer up uh, little scholarships. They're not to pay. They don't pay for the whole tuition, but they do really 
uh, you know, take a bird off for at least a month, a couple months to help out with uh, parents that need it. Real cool. Yeah. But once we move to a nonprofit, then I think that would be, that's going to be a game changer for scholarships. So is that something that you're looking at converting over to? Well, we're looking at uh, doing a nonprofit right now, uh, like I said, so that we could do the, uh, the programs for the homeschool to, for the autistic, autistic kids. Um, and would that and be also separate for the clinic, from now? It's It would be, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be, I mean, we have the nonprofit right now, but we haven't uh, done a DBA for it. So I'm not really sure what we're going to call it just yet. I know somebody can help be. you out with that. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's I'm two sure your se- Rolodex is huge, man. <laughs> yeah, right. It's uh, like my own. It's so it's two separate entities. You've got the Nile that's for profit and then y'all are working with some other programs that are going to be nonprofit. Yeah, right. Well, and you know, at the end of the day, we, it, it it honestly might make sense just to move to convert it over convert it over to a nonprofit get a board in place of people we trust that understand our vision what we're trying to do and uh you know help manage the growth if you do do that definitely want to get you back in here to talk about that transition uh i've looked at a lot of different things and i know a lot of other business owners look at doing 501c's and nonprofits for a lot of different reasons mm-hmm. i want to get into the details of those but it's I would love to have you in here from being for a profit business and running that and then converting over and to see what the difference is and learn about it after you've done it for a year or so and get that feedback and share that with our audience. I would love to, I mean, if you want me to come back, I'll come back in as, as often as possible. So yeah, no, it's going to be amazing. Absolutely. So big things going on with Nile Center. Yeah. Uh, how can people reach you? Is there, what's the website? What's the phone number? How do we get to Nile Center for people that want to pull their kids out of this bullshit-ass public school and get them Absolutely. into your center? Nilecenter.com, www.nilecenter.com. We have contact pages, uh, contact us, forms all over the place. Uh, we also have a little blue button that they'll see on there where they can start a chat with existing parents and past parents okay so, great. you know if they don't if they don't want to talk to us first because they're afraid it's a hard sell which we are never a hard sell um, but if they want to talk to some parents first to kind of get a good feel of it they can certainly do that i think that's amazing so you give them the opportunity to actually talk directly to parents absolutely i think it's important i think it's really important because it's a big agree. move they want to feel comfortable about it so if they don't know somebody that's at nile if they don't know if they don't know somebody that's at nile then it's important for them to talk to somebody and feel better about the d- decision before they give us a call. Absolutely. So they can uh, reach us at info at nilecenter.com. They can call us at 281-761-6610. Or like I said, go to uh, nilecenter.com. Cool. And I'll pop all that up on the screen. We'll also leave it in the description. So right. we'll leave, leave links all over the place for people to get a, get a, get a hold of you. Right. Uh, Charlie? I appreciate you coming in today. Appreciate your time. Absolutely. Uh, glad you shared uh, Nile Center with us. And for any parents out there uh, where public school system isn't working, uh, private school is just getting too expensive, you're looking for an alternative to really help take your child to the next level, uh, whether they're you know overproducing, underproducing, a Nile Center is a great option. I've actually uh, toured the location with my wife. My child's toured the location. <coughs> Recommend you checking it out, at least going online, maybe talking to some parents. Appreciate y'all tuning in. This is an episode of The Grit. Got Charlie over here with the Nile Center. And we'll look forward to seeing you guys on the next one. Take care, guys.